God-given desire. We'll try to wrestle it out. We'll argue it out. We'll debate it out. We'll rationalize it out. But it is something that God has instilled within us. What do you do with it? See, there's a tug of war that's, that's for your very soul, for your very mind, will, and emotions. The enemy wants you. See, the thing, when we talk about the, the narrow gate and the wide gate, the default gate is the wide gate. If you don't choose anything, if you just say, okay, I'm just going to be who I am, then you're, by definition, going to take the default gate. I was sharing with some men this week, the, the narrow gate, the Bible says, it says, make every effort, strive to enter that narrow gate. And that word in the Greek, it's, it means to, to contend as with an adversary. So what I want you to understand today is this, is that for you to make it to heaven, for us to experience the grace of God, it is going to be a battle. You're going to have to contend as with an adversary to get through that gate. If you make no effort, if all you do is say, oh, I'm just going to just coexist, I'm just going to go through life. We see that on bumper stickers, coexist. No. There's a tug of war for your soul. What is, what, there's a, there's a, 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 the enemy wants your affections, but the Spirit of God is drawing us. Who will win? See, we must run with such passion that the enemy can't see exactly even where we're heading. Mm-hmm. See, I want to be a moving target. See, the enemy is always looking. He's trying. He's, the Bible says he's like a lion. He's looking who he made to devour. He's always looking for that opportunity. But if I'm a moving target, if I'm running with such passion, if I'm running with such, which looks like, like a gazelle, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to shoot that gazelle because he's moving so, he's moving so fast. God's calling us. I don't care how old you are. You know, some of you, you say, well, I'm, I'm retired. You know what? God's saying, listen, it's time for you to refire. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's time for you to refire. You know what? You may have nothing else. You may be able to get on your knees. You may be the prayer warrior that God's calling in this, this generation right now. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only those who get the prize run in such a way to get the prize? Run in such a way. Run in such a way that the enemy can't see you because you're constantly moving. Run in such a way that the enemy has no... You're a blur. Mm -hmm. See, every part of our being is being drawn into him. Every ounce is being consumed by him. Acts 17, 28 says, In him we live, move, and have our being. See, when God is the centerpiece, when God is what we orbit around, Everything else is, is, is distant. We are, we're, we're focused on Him. When we get to the place where nothing else will do, when we get to the place where we really want to see Him, when we get so desperate to be touched by Him, that's when I say this, that's when God says this, I want you to have crazy love for me. I love this little, this is a drawing on, on, on a, a book. But it's crazy love. See, we, we like this part of it. Crazy love, the love coming down from heaven. We understand that. But God wants us to have crazy love for Him. He wants His grace at work in us is is Him showing us love, but then us experiencing that love, and we want to express it back to Him. See, I'm talking about crazy love this morning. A crazy love that doesn't make sense, that would call for God to send His Son to die on a cross for us. That doesn't make sense. But crazy love says this. 
I love you back, God, for all that you've done. I experience that freedom that you've given me. I enjoy that. I'm talking about something here that changes the dynamic we live in. See, it can't just be one way. God's love down to us. It has to be, rever- it has to be turned. Luke 10, 27 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. He gives us these commands. He says, when we get so desperate like Jacob did, that we'll actually wrestle with God. God, I must have you. I, must, I, I cannot stay in this place any longer. When we get to that place in our life where we get so desperate for God, we say, God, I have to have you. See, that's what Jacob said. He goes, I will not leave. He says, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. See, when we get so desperate for God, it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. When we get so desperate for God, we say, God, I am not going to let go. I am not going to let go. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to do what it takes to get in position for you. That's what God, he's wanting us to have an encounter with him. See, an encounter with God changes the dimension we live in, the spiritual. It changes the the atmosphere we walk in, in his presence. It changes the mindset we abide in. It changes who we are. It changes our name. See, that's what happened to Jacob. His name was changed when he got a hold of God. See, when we, get, when we truly are transformed and changed by God, something happens. A dynamic from within us, it, it, it moves past that. And all of a sudden, we move into a different realm, different atmosphere. Everything around us changes. People on the outside, even in the church, will not understand it. They cannot begin to fathom this love that he has for me and this love that I have for him. It's indescribable. It's incomprehensible. It's unimaginable to the natural mind. But to those by the Spirit, they understand. Those who've been awakened by the Spirit of God, they they understand this. See, I'm drawn to Him. Not church, not religion. Not a list of do's and don'ts. Not what He can give me or what I can get. He He who began this work in me. He who has given me everything. What did He give me? He gave me Himself. I want to look like him. I want to act like. I want to demonstrate Jesus Christ to everybody, every place I go. I want to be so saturated with the presence of God that I drip Jesus everywhere I go. How many of us can say that? That we're, when, we, when we walk around, when we move and, and people see us, they go, you know, I see Jesus. That they mistake us for Jesus. Because we're so full of Christ. See, that's how I want to walk around. I want Jesus to just drip out of me. I want people to go. See, that's what they said about the apostles, James and Peter. They said, these people, I don't understand these two men, but I know this. They've had an encounter. They know God. They know Jesus. They had experience with him. When we've had that encounter with God, it changes the dynamic we live in and how we operate. Grace empowering us. Why I can't live with one foot in the world? Grace. Why I can't be content just floating along? It's His grace. What He did inspires me. What He did motivates me. What He did invites me, it delights me, and it excites me. See, why can't I just sit in the pew? It's because of grace. Why can't I just simply sing a song and not shout about Him? It's grace. Why can't I not be content with sin in my life? It's because of grace. See, grace is what empowers our lives. I truly want to know this grace. See, if you truly, when you truly get a hold of who God is, everything changes. We'll have to proclaim it. We can't be silent. 
I can't, I, I have to, I have to talk about the goodness of God. Have you heard? Have you seen? Have you seen what God can do? See, that's the dynamic that God wants us to live in. That's what excites people around us. That was, that's what breathes life to those around us. We say, well, that's just not my nature, Greg. Then change it. Let his nature become your nature. If heaven is so good and so great like we talk about, and hell is so bad, one man said it like this, if hell is so bad like you talk about, I would walk on glass for one mile to just let someone know about who Jesus is. Sometimes it's difficult for us, and I say this because it's me too. It's hard for me sometimes to get up off the couch and quit watching TV. See, grace is, grace is who motivates me to take this gospel to others, to the lost, to those bound, to those hurting, to the captives. I am his hands and feet. Grace. Grace gets me off the bench and into the game. Grace is what empowers me to go beyond my physical limits and dive into the supernatural. Grace is what empowers me to new life. No longer am I satisfied where I've been, or, but I want to go where he is going. Nothing can stop me, grace. Nothing can hold me down, his grace. Nothing can keep me from him, grace. His grace instills righteousness. His grace instills boldness. His grace instills holiness. See, if your grace today allows you to sin freely, you don't know grace. The Bible is very clear. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of truth, then there is no forgiveness of sin. If, you're, if, you're, if your relationship with God allows you to just to sin freely, then I will tell you this, you don't know Him. See, and I say it like this, because I say grace. See, when you see grace, grace with the big G, I'm talking about the, the God who instituted grace. I'm talking about the instiller, the fulfiller, the revealer of grace, the embodiment of grace. When you truly meet grace, you'll sell everything. When you, meet, when you truly need grace, you will give up everything to obtain it. That's what he was talking about, the pearl of great price. That you will do anything. You'll sell everything you have to get into position for what God wants you to do in your life. To have it, to obtain him. Grace produces action. Grace can't help but produce works. I'm not talking about a, a grace that has to have works. I'm talking about a grace that just... That as we know who Christ is in our life, all of a sudden works just flow out of that. I'm not talking about having to be saved by works. They just happen because of who He is. The dynamic of who God is in your life will dynamically change who we are, the dimension that we live in. So I say this. So I get up. So I hide myself away in Him. So I fast. So I pray. So I devour His Word every day. See, I thought, I thought this grace that you're talking about, great. When I hear it on TV and I hear other preachers talk about it, it just talks about a grace that we can just sit back and absorb. It covers us. It's like, a, it's like an umbrella. No, I'm talking about a grace that changes everything. This grace is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Mm -hmm. This grace is the same power that he possessed. It empowers us. He says we have the same power, the same glory, the same measure. We were made in the same image. Did you know that? Think about that. When we say, oh, well, you don't understand. I, can't, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. 
He's giving you everything you need. He's giving you the power to walk in this. He's giving you the power to walk this life out. I can't stay defeated. I can no longer doubt. I can no longer fear. I can't remain in sin. I must press on. I must look up. I must give my all. See, I will tell you guys this. When we sit back and we get to look back from the first millennium, millennium is a thousand years. When we get to look back at this life, the 70, the 80, the 90 years at the most, probably, those years are going to look like a vapor. Those years are going to look like grass withering. Because what God's saying to you guys is this, I am preparing a place for you, a place of grace. And when you walk in me, and you look back at this life, everything that seems so important, everything that seems so dire, everything that weighted us down is going to seem distant and empty when we look back and we go, God, why didn't I just do a little more? Why didn't I just tell this person? That's what you're, you're not going to be, you know, the one thing you're, you're not going to say is, oh, I wish I would have watched that other TV program, or I wish I would have spent some time over there doing that. You're what you're going to say is, why didn't I tell this person? Why didn't I tell this person? Why didn't I tell this friend of mine? Why did I let people go and and not know about this Jesus that's what we're going to say he is the mystery he is the revelation he is the most powerful most dangerous being in and out of this universe I marvel at him I stand in awe of him all I can do is stare at him have you met him my jaw drops my hands sweat my fingers tingle it's him the one I've longed for the one I've hoped for the one I've lived for the one I've spent this life on I desperately love him is that where you are today or has that has that that relationship grown cold just from time some people will say, well, you know what? You can't, you can't sustain this, Greg. Okay, well, I know it's only been 40, 49 years. I believe that God wants us the way we were when we started. He wants us to finish the race just like we started. He doesn't want us sprinting and then falling off. He wants us a marathon. He's saying, listen, run this race. Run this race like I'm calling you to do. Run it for like you're going a long distance. Fall in love with grace. Give grace your everything. Do I sin? Yes. Do I stay there? No. Do I abide there? No. Do I continue in it? By all means, no. No, I strive for holiness. I stretch for godliness. I reach for righteousness. All because of grace. You're going to hear this. If I, if I preach again, you'll probably hear this. I say we sin, but we don't walk in sin. I want you to understand that. You, anybody who says, Greg, do you, is, 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 do you sin? Yes, I do. But I don't walk in it. I don't practice it. I practice holiness. I practice godliness because that's what God is calling us all to do. Lord, you so you, He shows us our sin. He shows us our error. He shows us these things. He says, What can you do about it? He says, Grace. He says, I give you the grace that in the midst of that you can forgive. In the midst of all that we go through, all the sin that we have to deal with, he says, all you have to do, if you will, is just call upon me and repent and turn from that. And God, dramatically, his grace comes in and changes everything. John 15, 4, 4 and 5 says, Abide in me and I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide 
in me. This word, a Greek word here, abide, means just that. It means to remain, abide. It means to never leave. So that's what God is calling us. I am the vine, you are, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him. He bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Grace will empower fruit. Grace will empower good works. Grace will empower these things in our life if we truly know Him. You want to be free on this 4th of July? Clothe yourself in the presence of God. Buffer yourself in worship. You want to be free? Feed yourself on His Word. Stay there. Remain there. Abide there. Don't ever leave there. Take captive every thought. Don't linger around sin. Get it in your mindset. You know what? 1 Corinthians 5, 30, 15, 33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. Well, I like these people. They're my friends. You know what? God said, listen, if you're not there witnessing to them, if you're, you're yoking up with them, you need to let them go. Because all they're going to do is drag you down. Young people, that's the message for us today. When a thought comes in, grab it. Take it captive. If it sticks around, force it out. Battle it out. Don't allow those things to come into your life. Don't even let the, the enemy to begin to make you think, hey, I'm not worth anything anymore. Force that out. Yes, I am. I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me. How old, how old was Abraham when he had his first son? See, it's not too late. God's calling us in this hour and even in this church we can be the powerhouse that God's calling us if we grab a hold of the grace of God. I want grace to have me. I want grace to possess me. If a thief came into your house and started taking all your stuff, would you just sit there on the couch and let him waltz through carrying away things? Or would you put up some kind of resistance? See, probably most of us, would, we'd sit there until he took our TV in front of us. <laughs> Hey, 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 wait a second. Now you're now you stepped on some nerves. You can have all my wife's glass. You can do all these other things. But you took that now you're now you're messing with me here, right here. Not that, not that watching TV is bad, but, but if it becomes it becomes that God in our life. That's what I'm talking about. Not the TV in itself. I remember the olden days when we preached about the boob tube, and you had to stay away from it. I'm not talking about that. James 4.7 says this, Submit to God and then resist the devil. He will free from you. See, I belong to Christ. You cannot come in here and steal my victory. You cannot come in here and manipulate my mind. You cannot come in and have my house or my family. I am free in Christ. I belong to him. See, Isaiah 59.19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. And for some reason, I'm out of notes. But that's okay. I want you to know this. We read that scripture, and that scripture, a better interpretation of that scripture is this. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against it. The flood is from the Lord. See, many times we think the flood is the enemy. When the enemy comes in like a flood, woohoo, he's trying to overtake me. No, he's saying, listen, what's going to overtake the enemy is the flood that God brings. The NIV says it like this. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. Who's the flood? It's not the enemy. The, the New American Standard says, For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. The Living Bible says, For he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. God says this. 
I'm the breath of God behind you. Don't worry about the enemy's flood. Don't worry about what he brings. You worry about what I'm bringing behind you. You ride on that wave that's coming up behind you. That's where God wants us to be. See, finding true freedom is finding grace. This morning, as we close, come on up, God is calling us to His grace, to walk in His freedom. I'm not talking about a type of freedom that the world likes to, to talk about. See, the worldly freedom, and it's even been adopted by the church now. We say, oh, well, we have grace, so we can just basically do anything we want. No. What I'm saying is this grace changes who we are. It changes the atmosphere that we walk in. I want to be different. I don't want to be like this world. We should look different. We should be, we should, we should resemble Christ in every fashion of our life. That's what God's calling us to. This morning, let grace have you. Let grace get a hold of you. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I don't want to, I don't want to take a moment without at least making the offer to you to say, hey, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, this is your opportunity. And this morning, as a prayer, as my prayer to us as believers, is that God would call us back to that place where we first started. I refuse to be lukewarm. I refuse to be not fully crazy in love with Jesus. I don't mean obnoxious. What I'm talking about is just, you know, I mean, just where He is my everything. This morning, if maybe, you know, you've, you've, we've went through life, we've drifted through, and, and we've, we've, we've sat in our pew, but, but God's saying, you know what, this morning, I'm, I'm calling you to, to, to rededicate that place, to come back in that place with me. That's the prayer of my heart this morning, is that we all get to that position. We say, God, I want it all. I don't want just a little bit. I want all of your grace. Just bow your heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, this morning, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for freedom and grace. God, a grace this morning that, that transforms us, that doesn't just, it's not like an umbrella, but Lord, it is, it's empowering our lives. It's created us to do good works. Look, this morning, Lord, as, as, as I look upon these people, I pray, God, this morning that, that if there's anyone here this morning, God, who's just, maybe they just need to make that rededication and say, God, I got to get back in that place right where I first started with you, where I was running the race. I don't know how it happened. I stopped running. God, call us. Back in us, back into that place where we run with you once again. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Scott, you come on.